Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. This is Jamie Rosenberg, Assistant Editor for the American Journal of Managed Care. As the opioid epidemic continues to claim tens of thousands of lives each year in the United States, understanding its scope, as well as the underlying drivers, are crucial for gaining holdup and ending the epidemic. During today's podcast, I speak with two experts about the issue. Later on, I'll be speaking with Dr. Magdalena Serta about the association between physician-targeted marketing and opioid prescribing patterns and subsequent opioid overdose deaths. But first, I sit down with Ken Kalash, the manager of statistics at the National Safety Council, to discuss the Council's annual injury facts report, which analyzes preventable injury and fatality statistics. This year, the report found that for the first time, the odds of dying from an accidental opioid overdose are greater than dying in a motor vehicle crash. Hi, Ken. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Jamie. I'm glad to be here. So to start off, can you give a brief background on the injury facts report? How long have you been publishing the report? What data do you collect? Things like that. Sure. I manage the statistics group at the National Safety Council, and one of the uh, things we do is publish the injury fact compendium of statistics. This uh, injury fact actually has been published in some form since 1921, so we're uh, approaching our 100th year anniversary. It was originally called accident facts. And in uh, 1999 or so, we we switched over to injury facts just to try to emphasize the fact that all of these so-called accidents are actually preventable. So we sometimes try to avoid the word accident. Um, And we changed the uh, title of the book to reflect that uh, to injury facts. And we're really excited. Uh, A year ago, this month, we uh, published the or, or made public the online version of Injury Facts. So Injury Facts is no longer available in print, but is now a a full free uh, website for everyone to use. Uh, And we really are excited about this. Injury Facts takes in data from uh, over 30 sources. Many of those are are federal uh, sources, the uh, Centers for Disease Control, uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, and we also um, collect data from many sort of uh, private sources, insurance organizations as well. So really the, the goal of Injury Facts is to bring all the available data available on preventable injury-related deaths into one place and really help guide the person and interpret the data to help people better understand the injury trends that impact them and their family so you can make safer decisions throughout your life. Great. So the report that recently came out looked at preventable injury-related deaths in 2017. How many of these deaths were there, and was this higher or lower than in recent years? Well, unfortunately, we are experiencing the largest number of preventable injury-related deaths in U.S. history right now. They went up 5% 5% from 2016 and now stand at 169,936 deaths. This is equivalent to 52.2 deaths for 100,000 population, and that's the highest death rate 
since 1992. In 1992, we actually reached the historic low death rate of 34. And since then, the death rate has increased uh, over 50%. So a finding that jumped out for me, and I'm sure jumped out to a lot of people, was that for the first time, the odds of dying from an accidental opioid overdose were actually greater than dying in a motor vehicle crash. What did you find were the odds of dying from an accidental overdose? How common is it? Well, it's becoming more common every year, unfortunately. Uh, Right now, it's one chance, you you have a lifetime odds of dying, one in 96. And that is an increase from one in 103 just one year ago. For perspective, uh, your lifetime odds of a uh, motor vehicle death are one in 103. So, um, and this is really a reflection of some long-term trends we've been seeing. Uh, Since 2005, uh, motor vehicle death rates actually have gone down 19%. And in that same time frame, accidental overdose uh, deaths have increased 430%. Wow. How do these death rates compare to past reports? The accidental overdose uh, issue is truly an epidemic at, at this point. When we look back in time, let's just go back to 2001, the leading causes of preventable injury-related deaths were first motor vehicle, then falls, and, and, and then poisoning. But then uh, poisonings took over falls as the second leading cause of death, and since 2013, poisonings, which includes overdoses, um, has been the leading cause of death. And really, the, the incredible increase we've seen in poisonings really driven by accidental opioid overdoses is, is really unprecedented. Uh, I look at a lot of data trends um, in all areas, workplace, motor vehicle, home and community, and it's really hard to look and find a, another comparable event that has um, impacted the uh, lifespan of Americans and the uh, death rate um, of of Americans like opioids are doing right now. The closest comparison is when, uh, with motor vehicles, when people um, were transitioning from horse and buggies to motor vehicles, obviously that was, we started seeing an increase in motor vehicle deaths back then, but but that, that, took many decades to really to peak in, in the uh, in the 70s. Um, this has been 30 years and it's gone from almost no deaths to to just these epidemic proportions. And what do you think the role of illicit fentanyl is in this, the influx over recent years? How is it impacting these accidental overdose death rates? Just in the last two years, deaths involving uh, synthetic and semi-synthetic opioids have gone up 200%. And uh, Centers for Disease Control squarely placed the blame, so to speak, on the illicitly manufactured uh, fentanyl. Chemically, you can't tell the difference uh, in a post-mortem between illicitly manufactured fentanyl and fentanyl that was manufactured for prescription, but their their research is really showing that this increase really in just two years is really being driven by the illicit manufacturing of fentanyl for non-medical uses. So I saw the report also looked at societal costs of these injuries. 
What costs did you find were associated with these accidental overdose deaths? Well, um, the National Safety Council does do cost estimates. We don't do it specifically on spe uh, for specific causes, but looking at the 2017 estimate for home and community deaths, and most um, um, opioid overdose deaths occur in our home and communities, in 2017, the overall cost of all home and community deaths were $472.6 billion. So given uh, opioid overdoses represent a little over 30% of the overall death toll in our home and communities, we estimate that the opioid overdose epidemic in just one year cost our society around $146 billion. And the same thing with looking at age, sex, race, and ethnicity, did anything stick out to you? Yes, when, when, we, when we're looking at um, opioid overdoses, when we when this epidemic we, when we first started tracking this epidemic in uh, 1999, we started seeing um, really the baby boomers, the 35 to 44 year olds, being impacted by far more than than the other age groups. Since then, the the problem has really spread um, all the way from 25 year olds to 64 year olds. And currently, the 25 to 34 year olds are experiencing the, the most deaths of any age group, and they are increasing the uh, fastest. Um, when we look at uh, the trends by uh, sex, uh, males are still dominating the number of accidents opioid deaths. They um, nearly 30,000 deaths among uh, men in 2017, and just over 13,000 deaths among women. Um, in the same year. Male deaths are also increasing at a slightly faster rate than female deaths around increasing around 51% since 2015, while uh, female deaths have increased 37%. The, um, the race and ethnicity trends um, are a little harder to look at because just the size of the uh, ethnic groups vary so much. Um, we look at the ethnicity trends at the higher poisoning level, which is a fairly good um, surrogate for the accidental opioid overdose issue. 74% of all poisonings today are the preventable opioid overdose deaths that we're talking about. So when we look at, the, at um, poisoning trends, we really are looking for the most part at the opioid trends. Poisoning trends are still being dominated by non-Hispanic whites, um, and those deaths among that group are increasing 31%. But, but what we're seeing is other ethnic groups that are currently not experiencing nearly the, the, the numbers of opioid deaths are those deaths are actually increasing at a far higher rate. When we look at African-Americans, we see a 72% increase in 2015, and among um, Hispanic or Latino whites, we're seeing a 46% increase since 2015. So although historically the opioid overdose epidemic has been a uh, non-Hispanic white issue, with these trends, it's really becoming an issue across race, race and ethnic groups, just by the huge increases we're now, we're now, we're now seeing. So that's actually all of the questions I had for you. Is there anything else you'd like to mention or bring up about the report that we haven't talked about yet? 
Uh, no, I just um, we already talked about injury facts online, and I would just like to encourage everyone to explore the data on their own. It's it's uh, uh, freely available, and one of the added benefits of having the data online is that we're continually updating it. So there's more information every time you come visit, and also there's a lot of opportunities to interact with the charts using. Uh, interactive tableau chart so you can really explore the issues that are important to you. Great. Well, thanks so much again. Well, thank you, Jamie. It's been a pleasure. Prescription opioids contribute largely to the epidemic, with the prescribed drugs accounting for 17,000 overdose deaths annually in the United States, which underscores a role that the pharmaceutical industry plays in the crisis. A recent study focused on this aspect of the epidemic by examining the impact of physician-targeted marketing on opioid overdose deaths. I sat down with Dr. Magdalena Serta, an Associate Professor of Population Health and Director of the Center for Opioid Epidemiology and Policy at NYU School of Medicine and the study's lead author. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So to begin, just for some background and clarity, in what ways were these physicians targeted by pharmaceutical companies? So targeting took many forms, including speaking fees and honoraria, to paying for meals, paying for travel, consulting fees, and education. Meals were the most for- frequent form of targeting. They were re- reported for approximately 25,000 physicians in the period that we looked at, and uh, they had a median payment value of $13. So really a very small amount. And between the study period, August 2013, and the end of 2015, how much money was dedicated to targeting these physicians? So in this period, uh, between August and December, uh, between August 2013 and December 2015, almost $40 million in non-research-based opiate marketing was distributed to approximately 67,000 physicians across the United States. Wow. And were there certain specialties that saw higher targeting rates than others? Yes. So the specialties that saw the highest targeting uh, were family medicine, um, internal medicine, and anesthesiology. anesthesiology. So about one in five, one in six uh, of the payments were received by physicians in these three fields. And then that was followed by pain medicine and physical medicine and rehabilitation specialists. What about regions? Were there any certain regions that stuck out as having more physician targeting? Uh, yes. So the Northeast had the greatest concentration of opiate marketing, while the Midwest had the lowest. And what we found that to be of particular concern was that uh, counties and states that experienced some of the highest opiate overdose rates, uh, such as Kentucky, West Virginia, and Ohio, also received some of the highest numbers of payments from the pharmaceutical industry. Right. So what impact did this have on opioid prescribing? So in our study, we found that counties that received more industry marketing from the pharmaceutical industry saw an increase in opioid prescribing at a subsequent time point. And did certain targeting approaches have a bigger impact than others? Um, I know you mentioned meals. They had about a $13 value per meal. Were there other approaches that had a bigger impact, lower impact? Yes. Uh, so, so in this particular study, we didn't look at uh, specific types of interactions like meals, consulting fees, etc. Uh, in, in a prior study, we did actually we, we did actually look at 
those types of interactions and we found actually that meals were the ones that that were more strongly related to prescribing so the the more meals that uh physician received uh from a pharmaceutical industry um corporate company the more they were likely to subsequently prescribe opioids in this particular study what we what we looked at was just the amount of value of payment plus the number of physicians and the number of payments and what we found there was that really what seemed to matter was the number of marketing interactions with physicians. So the more that physicians interacted with the pharmaceutical industry, irrespective of how much they were actually paid, that seemed to be much more strongly related with prescribing uh, than anything else. Right. And so in turn, how did this impact opioid mortality deaths? So counties that received more industry marketing experienced higher opioid overdose deaths. Uh, so just to give you an example, uh, we found that for every three more payments made to physicians per 100,000 people in the county, opioid overdose deaths were 18% higher. And part of the effect of industry marketing on overdose deaths seemed to be explained by an increase in opioid prescribing following the increase in industry marketing. And have there been any efforts put forward to try and regulate drug company marketing to physicians? Yes. So some states have tried and are trying uh, to limit the total amount that drug companies spend promoting their products to doctors. So just to give you an example, uh, New Jersey recently adopted a new regulation limiting spending uh, to $10,000 per doctor per year. Um, also, some health systems have started regulating much more stringently the types of interactions that physicians can have with the pharmaceutical industry. So, for example, Boston University Medical Center has established very stringent regulations around those types of interactions. So there certainly seems to be an attempt to both at the state level and at the health system level to do something uh, about this issue. Right. And so... Even if there are dollar caps, like you mentioned in Jersey, on these interactions, it probably wouldn't affect most prescribers um, with smaller purchases, such as meals, since they make up most interactions. So I know you mentioned limiting the type of interactions they could have. Are there any other approaches that could maybe work better than this monetary cap? Yes, I, and I think that's exactly it. Um, so a $10,000 cap is very high, especially if, you know, what I, what I just mentioned about, you know, these meals that, that seem to be really playing a role in prescribing, and, and you're talking about a very low-value meal, right, less than $20. Right. Um, so, so this doesn't even begin to address these more pervasive, frequent interactions between uh, the pharmaceutical industry and physicians that really seem to be playing a role in affecting prescribing behavior. Um, so I think that really to address this issue, uh, setting caps on the number of interactions that physicians can have with the pharmaceutical industry, or even eliminating these interactions altogether in the face of the opioid crisis could be a promising way forward uh, to address this issue and to really complement the cap on the actual dollar amount. So that's actually all the questions I had for you. Is there anything else you think is important um, that came out of the study that you wanted to bring up? Uh, I think there there are two uh, key things here. So one is we frequently get asked uh, why why did you look at uh, you know pharmaceutical industry payments and why did you look at uh, prescription opiate overdoses? Aren't uh, most of the deaths right now due to to illegally manufactured synthetics and not prescription opioids? Uh, and while while that, that is it's certainly the case that 
front of the problem right now is due to uh, these illegally manufactured drugs, uh, a third of opioid overdose deaths are still due to prescription opioids. And we also know that uh, for the current cohort of people that have, are starting to engage in using heroin and other types of drugs, they usually start by using prescription opioids. So if we can actually identify policy levers and opportunities to reduce this initial engagement, uh, inappropriate engagement with prescription opioids, I think we can have an important downstream effect and other types of problems that are causing uh, a disproportionate number of deaths today. Um, and the other point that I, that I think it's really important to make is that what we really found here is that what mattered was really the frequency of these interactions, the frequency of these very low value interactions between the pharmaceutical industry and physicians. And so that really speaks to the fact that it's not an intentional, harmful uh, a, a behavior that doctors are having. It's really much more of an unintentional, under-the-radar effect that these frequent interactions seem to be having on physician behavior. Right. Well, thank you so much again for joining me today. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. To learn more about the opioid epidemic, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. You can get in touch with us by emailing info at AJMC.com or by following us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And finally, if you like the podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Thanks for joining us.